Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Oh, my God, Danielle. We have an incoming transition transmission. Can you hear that? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> Canada. Wow. Our home and native land. Oh, he knows the words. It's true patriot <laughs> love. In all of it's a it's oh, wow, a karaoke you know version. It. It's you know it's a karaoke version. Uh, okay. So I only kind of know the lyrics as they're coming up, and I know the first two words. God bless Canada. So that was that was it. That was my surprise. Thank you so much. I I mean I'm really proud. I'm hashtag proud. Um, and excited that there was I, I honestly did, though, get caught up thinking about the ta- like legalities and taxes of <laughs> like Erica winning. I was like, OK, so is she does she have to she, pay U.S. taxes on it? So it's half Canada a million. Tax. Well, Canada, but Canada, you don't get tax on a prize. Oh, really? I don't think so. I don't know. But I, I mean, think she, since she won it in the U.S., she has to pay it in the U.S. And then. I don't know. So then it's 600,000, which is still like 800K Canadian, <laughs> like very good. Yeah. I mean, with the the the, 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 the uh, currency conversion, like she might be doing well. I mean, she even said something about like, like wow, there's like a million dollars is a lot in Canada. That's a lot in Canadian. Yeah. That's a, she could buy a house in Toronto with that kind of money. Uh, where does she live? Do we know? I think she's from Toronto. I think she's Toronto. Toronto. Yeah. yeah. So I might run into her someday. I mean, if she even comes back to it, I know. She, you know, she might do that bold and the beautiful. Exactly, life <laughs> she's all in about Canada, what's in that? The US what's like, that charity? It's like reality, reality hearts of reality yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, she might do that. No, just like doesn't every CBS reality show winner? Aren't they just like, all right, we're going to put you like you're going to be a waiter yeah. in a soap opera for a week? Yeah, they're in the soap opera. Then there's a chance that they'll be in other reality shows, you know, an, an amazing race, perhaps, um, which I don't know if they're going to be able to do. Amazing race feels like, like it's a been successful businesswoman, right, too. She's like, I go into board meetings and she no is, one respects me. Yeah, she's and now a communications manager. And doing that thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now they'll respect her. They didn't. I, I thought that was interesting. Because I did not remember her talking about that, about being like this little uh, lion hiding behind her mouse persona because she's so small and everyone thinks she's like 10 years old, um, especially when she's traveling. They think she needs she's she talked about how when she travels in the airport, they're like, you're in an unaccompanied minor. So you have to do all these extra steps and it takes longer. But I was like, but she's not actually. So why would it take longer? I mean, I don't know. Do they just like put her in this like ch- child's penal penal <laughs> colony inside the airport, and they're like Maybe. in some sort of child's jail? Um, I don't know. Doesn't you just don't you just take out your ID? And but that's exactly. annoying too. Like yeah. that's that's also like just demeaning though. You have to take out your ID to be like, I am a twenty eight year old woman. Yeah, I am flying to Calgary to seal the deal for my communications company or whatever she does. Yeah, I I don't know what whose communications she manages, but um I'm curious. I'm very curious. So uh Erica won survivor. I mean, yeah. I think there's a great conversation here to get started. Hey, what's up? Welcome to Hey Julie/Hey Jeff. It's a <laughs> podcast. Uh 
we're a bit late. Some things came up. We had to move around our schedules. A I little got a bit, booster. So we're that's this. what happened. That's it. That's it. I don't want to. I don't <laughs> yeah. want to violate Canadian my HIPAA oh, and just yeah. and, and and you know. Thank you for respecting my rights. But I am <laughs> shouting it from the rooftop, especially because all we. I think we do have some Canadian listeners, so they know oh, that yeah. it's not easy to get. And Danny pulled the pregnancy card, and she got one. So. And the celeb card. And the celeb card. Yeah, you exactly. host a very famous, a very famous podcast. <laughs> exactly. So. We're now both, you're listening to two boosted podcast hosts. We're feeling great. Yeah. Feeling groovy. I got boosted like a month ago and I've really been pushing my luck here in America with uh, Omicron. I uh, attended a sporting event with probably 80,000 other fellow uh, <laughs> Americans, which probably not the best idea, but we'll see how, we'll see how it works. Um, a lot of talk about with Survivor. And I think one of the things that we kind of have been beating around here is this like, Erica is so unassuming also unassuming to the producers and editors of the television show Survivor. Yeah, we got some some thoughts about this. Who knew she won because I, I don't know how it works, right? Like the last 39 seasons of Survivor, they put the votes in a box and they don't open the box until three, four months later at a studio in Los Angeles. So I don't know if the editors and producers of the show know who win like i don't i i don't know if they get to, i mean i guess camera people see it i guess like the editors do kind of see it because they hold up the the votes in front of the camera um i guess a few people know but um it's kind of a secret who to to many of the people even in the production i would imagine it's kind of right. a secret who who wins this everyone knows and it's just interesting that this entire season was cut with like er everyone knowing Erica would win. And it was just like, honestly, until the, the smash the glass Island thing, like yeah. she wasn't even really a part of the show. Um, well, she first came how on. Did you to, feel about that? I, I thought she first came on to the scene when she wanted to get our girl Sydney out. And that's oh. why I remember that. I distinctly remember that. Cause that's why she got, she got booted to the bottom. Cause everyone loved Sydney, at least on her squad. And we so, love Sydney too. Yeah. We love Sydney too. <laughs> I can't believe I remember her name because much like even Shan, when she was talking about people from pre-jury was like someone pre-jury. She couldn't remember their name. <laughs> like like I, I was like, yeah, who the hell was on pre-jury? It was like not super memorable. But I remember her from that. And so I thought like her storyline was pretty good. But seeing everyone write in about like how her edit was not good. And even she, I guess, said herself or noticed it. Um, it definitely wasn't as good as Ricard had an amazing edit. Ricard was like very clear. He's going to come back 100%. Yeah. Xander's going to come back. Xander got a great edit. I totally agree with people who are like the editors were favoring him because, yeah, he got he was like such a well-rounded, wonderful character on the show. He's only 20. He's 20. He his edit was so good. Derek Lavasser went on online and he posted and he he got himself he got himself in some minor trouble because uh -oh. he loved Xander so much. He called he called Erica's win a glitch in the matrix. When, I mean I don't agree, but I I think in terms of the edit, yes, Xander got a way better edit than Erica. <laughs> so did Ricard. 
None of the women really Every- got a great like winners at it. No, not really. I mean, I think the only one would, would like if, if she had lasted longer was Shan. Yeah. Shan was getting or that. Tiffany. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it was just it's interesting. And I understand they don't want to like play their hand too much and just like make it like, all right, it's Obvious, the Ricard yeah. show. And maybe that's and maybe that's something to keep in mind as we watch 42. Like maybe the winner's edit, maybe they think they're going to continue giving a winner's edit to people who don't win the game in the same way that like halfway through every episode of Survivor, there's the like, all right, it's very clear after this competition, we're voting out Ricard tonight. It's going to be unanimous. And then that doesn't happen. Right. So I don't know. It's just an interesting thing. Like, I mean, we've been talking about Erica on this podcast. We've been Erica supporters for a while. I think we saw it a little bit. Well, and she um, won a couple competitions, and I just think winning anything against Xander and Danny, I think deserves so and much Ricard. credit. Yeah, and Ricard, and Ricard, right, right, right. Yeah, deserves so much credit because I'm looking at these guys and I'm like, these guys are freaking beasts. And she won twice, didn't she? I guess yeah, so. I think she won two Im- immunities. She won like one of the just like stand on a pole and don't move immunities, but still. I'm I'm not as impressed by comp wins and Big Brother in Survivor. I'm like, no, this is really fucking impressive. <laughs> this is yeah, like, like incredible. Yeah, <laughs> it's like separate your mind from your fucking body for for an hour. Mm-hmm. And in Big Brother, it's like pin the tail on the donkey. Yeah. Oh, here's uh, here's <laughs> yeah. the robot. Here's the robot. And you have to oh, spin well. twenty times. But um, wait, I do want to read this comment because it's pretty much touching exactly on what we're saying, which is like, yeah. it's from Small Baby, <laughs> and she says, "I did not see Erica's win coming. Producers gave Xander such a winning edit. Do you think producers can't help but highlight the white slash male players' achievements, or were they trying to edit in line with Erica's lamb to lion story, and it just flopped?" So, yeah, those are the exact words we use, too, the lion and lamb. Um, Yeah, it's hard for me to say that it was a total flop because, as you said, we discussed Erica. We thought she was like she had a strong she was the underdog, I think, for sure. But she still had a strong case. I very much enjoyed the like. Can she build a fire or not? <laughs> Part of the finale. I thought that was really funny because it did not seem like it was strategy on her part. It seemed like she was actually really struggling. But I liked yes. that it played with Xander's mind. So that much. was very funny. She was like, Oh yeah, I build fires all the time on that island. You didn't see it. You didn't see any of it. But I was like, I they had to call in the fire department. Yeah, exactly. For me over there. And then she was like, uh, I don't know how to build a fire. That was I mean, great. I think. We're going to obviously tackle this stuff, I think, out of order a bit and probably yeah. not focus on lots of stuff in the first half. But Xander was in a very tough position with, I mean, everyone was in a, after Ricard goes. Yeah. Everyone was in a, whoever was going to win was in a tough position. Honestly, I thought Deshaun was going to win. Did I you thought really? Deshaun was going to win. I was like, there is absolutely no way. Because I was just looking at the way Liana and Shan were looking at him. And I was like, you, Interesting. you fucked up. I thought they had completely flipped. No. You know, there was... I, I kind of felt that Xander at the... One of the, uh, one of the, the tribals before the final one, Xander kind of he kind of took himself out of the game. He kind of started talking about, I'm trying to look here on my notes. 
and find it. But um, Xander, yeah, Xander starts talking. Here it is. Xander basically starts talking at during right before the fire comp of like basically he kind of starts talking for the jury and starts saying like, oh yeah, well they're thinking you know. I, my, my notes were not very good. But he kind of starts talking on behalf of the jury, and they're all looking at him like, "Who the fuck Don't are you?" Don't speak for us. Yeah. Don't yeah. speak for us. And I felt, and that was the moment where I was like, if he had any votes, and maybe he did, maybe he didn't. I don't know. He kind of lost him there, and I just thought like, I don't know. I mean, here's I, yeah. yeah. I just thought there was, it was he's going to go to Deshaun like people were going to respect that he kind of played a social game and that he, I, I was afraid for Erica because like, did everyone there also feel that she was like on the outs and, and not really participating in her own destiny the entire right. time? Cause I almost thought the story for Deshaun was better because they focused so much on Deshaun in the last half of the game. Yeah, they definitely did. But I truly, not for two seconds, I thought Heather would win over Deshaun. <laughs> I just like did not really? see. Yeah, I I could not, because especially if she won that because she was so close to winning that fire thing. And then obviously he'd be out. But like, I don't know. I just did not see the story working out for him. Here's a question though that I do not really understand. When they were asking Xander like, are you socially aware? And he, mm -hmm. could, he didn't understand the question. I also did not understand the question. <laughs> I didn't know what they were trying to get at. It took me back to like, remember, oh wait, did, I don't even know. I don't think we watched this together, but I watched a season with Monica who, who was like in final three. She was the wife of the NFL football player. And like, she deserved to be there, but everyone kept being like, do you really think you deserve to be here? You haven't opened up at all. And she's like, yeah, I've opened up. And they like, Throughout the season, she had opened up, but everyone kept being like, we really feel like you didn't open up to us. So why do you think you should win? And it was very frustrating to watch. And this, this remind this line of questioning kind of reminded me of that because I was like, I don't know what the answer to this is. Are, were you socially aware? Aware of what? Yeah, I mean, and that's like so much. It's hard to read people's minds, you know, yeah. and it's like they're asking them. a They're asking him a question. Uh, where the answer is something only they know. Right. And I mean, Xander, as much as he was like a good character and he was a great player and I'm excited to see him on future seasons of Survivor. Uh, he'll, assuming he'll he doesn't, back. assuming yeah. his Twitter doesn't like fire off like with some thoughts about, you know, like individual liberty or something like oh, that. God, yeah. Um, there was something about him I think that was that also seemed very fake, and he's just I think so young. I read into I read into it. I don't know if whether that was just youth, but like sometimes he would talk and try to say these profound things or these very empathetic things, and it's like, yeah, you just sound like you're reading off of like, you know. At Coca Cola tweets like thoughts and <laughs> prayers. We we un we're sorry. We understand why we shouldn't have tweeted a picture of the polar bear. You know, you know what it was. Let me take it back. The Let me president, take <laughs> former president. I don't know. Let me take it back to 1998 and a little film called Goodwill Hunting, where Damn. Will, played by Matt Damon, also the star of Stillwater. <laughs> <laughs> is like a brat to his therapist named Robin Williams. And he's like, 
<laughs> and he's just so mean to Robin Williams because he's like, I'm smarter. I can read every book. Like, I'm so fucking smart. Like, fuck you. And Robin Williams is like, yeah, you can read it and you can see it in a book. But until you've fallen in love, until you've had life experience, all the stuff you're saying that you think is so smart is bullshit. And so that's what I think people are feeling when Xander goes on these deep little tangents. He's so young. It's like, yeah, exactly what you said. He re probably read it somewhere. I'm not saying, I think he's very smart and I think he seems actually pretty mature, especially 20 shocked me. I thought he was like 25, but, but it's that thing you of wish. like, <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that thing of just like, all right, thanks kid. <laughs> like <laughs> You don't actually know, but thanks for the, thanks for the Hallmark card. Danielle. Yeah. It's not your fault. Uh, such, you know, it's a great movie. You got to give them credit. It's not your fault. <laughs> I know. I want to, I love that. First of all, that movie's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Anytime I like. It's a beautiful speech by Robin Williams. Everyone should oh go read God. it. That will, yeah, that's monologue. good. That's good. Well, I'll, I'll tweet it. But just the scene where he says it's not your fault. Like, has anyone tried that with like someone in 2021 like freaking out at a, a supermarket clerk because they, they're asked <laughs> to wear a mask has anyone like ever approached a sort of like a mask karen right. and been like it's not your fault and, and just really said that until them. they broke down in tears yeah really look into their eyes and their soul and just keep repeating it and just they break. Yeah. It's what I think about every time I see someone like having a, <laughs> just like out there being having a bad time being a yeah. jerk. It's just like, yeah, it's not your fault. Yeah. It's not your fault. Something happened. Um, anyway, <laughs> back Anyways, to Survivor. <laughs> Gus Van Sant, what up? Um, we got a lot of questions and thoughts about the way the finale played out in terms of like them not cutting to LA in a studio. It was just Im immediately pizza party, champagne. <laughs> pizza was cooked by like someone named Bob on the crew. I'm so glad. <laughs> I am so glad we talked about this. <laughs> um, this was like the fire. This was like the final moments. Yeah. Jeff was like, but this was like a pure, hey, Jeff, this was a call out to us. <laughs> yeah. Like they listened to our podcast in May when they shot this. And they're like, this is a question, Brett. We asked this like a month ago. Like, where are they getting the pizza from? Right. Is there a Domino's <laughs> on, so, on like in Bangkok and they're like boating it over? Yeah. Stu made the pizza. Stu. Stu is his name. Yeah. He's like, people want to know where the pizzas come from. We make it. Stu made the pizza. <laughs> I wish I would have killed for just a quick cut to Stu, giving a thumbs up with a little chef's I mean, hat on. Italians have been making pizza for Stuart is not an Italian hundreds of name. thousands of years. Yeah. They put down the stone, they have the oven with the brick, they put the fire in there, it gets up to like 800, 900 degrees, and they cook that pizza. I mean, it didn't look fantastic. It looked pizza. horrible, like all the food <laughs> on this show. Sorry, Stu. No offense to Stu. I'm sure it was a lot of work because he had to make like 200 pizzas. So at that point, you know, it's quantity, not quality. But they're so hungry. You know, that's the good thing for Stu is they're so hungry. They don't care. Hunger is the best sauce. Um, <laughs> but we did get questions about this. So one from Regis Probst. Why was Jeff so... Well, yeah, Randy Sand. Why was Jeff so hungry at the reunion? Like, did he really have to have a slice of pizza? Just eat dinner beforehand, Jeffrey. 
Well, I, you don't want to. That's weird with performing, though. Like sometimes you don't want to like eat and then perform, you know, because then you're going to be like burpy. Yeah. And you're going to be just like sluggish, you know, mm-hmm. maybe it's just like a light salad. Like you just need something in you. Yeah. But you don't want to be like, but it's also like you don't want to be so starving that you're like hangry and stuff. Yeah. But also maybe Jeff is just like, I'm on TV. Like I got to starve myself because I'm going to be on TV. I don't want to look like a, a pudgy Oh, yeah. old, he's got to keep it tight and that's how he's kept he, it tight yeah. for 41 seasons he's tight he's tight he just smells the pizza beforehand and then on camera he has uh, one we got some suggestions about yeah people were not thrilled about the way the finale went down one river mike said i thought about it a little more and i think the after show should be across an extended timeline their survivors get rescued by a luxurious super yacht they feast in the magnificent dining hall and have a good night's sleep they frolic in the waves on watercraft then debrief yeah i could use a little more luxury period on this show i think i've said this every single time i'm like the luxury comps are not that luxurious um one final time yeah one or final at the time. top of this episode Steak, veggies, <laughs> bread, wine. Yep. And it looked like shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, the steaks did not look <laughs> the steaks did not look good. <laughs> um yeah, I the after show thing, um in a way, I I did not like the after show. They were surprised by it. I think having the I think having just like the three or four months of retrospection of actually seeing the episodes and understanding how things were conveyed, what other people's strategies were, understanding what they were doing behind your back. Yeah, 100%. And well, it, we- is, a, is a good thing. At the same time, they usually devote like a full hour to that. And on this, ep- and honestly, in this episode, they only did like maybe 30 or 45 minutes of it. And, and, I and was it was o- fine being shorter. I was okay with that too. I was just, yeah, absolutely. I didn't need a full hour, an extra hour. But I did want to read this little, these thoughts from Lexi Center because they also tie into this. Not a fan of this right away after show. Three are starving. Xander is dead. <laughs> Deshaun is depressed. And the jury is just like, okay, woohoo, are we done? I like when the cast is able to watch the series, have context to different things that happened, and can give solid answers after some reflection, sleep, and food. That's a really good point. Like, the the question and answer period was not that was not that exciting, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I honestly was kind of, first of all, I got home, I was out, I got home at 9 p.m. Pacific time. Yikes. And I fired up, I was like, (laughs) I got to watch this tonight. I can't be, I'm on fucking Twitter all the time. I cannot be spoiled by this tomorrow morning. I fired it up and I was expecting, I was expecting two hours of finale followed by a separate episode that would be one hour of after show. And it was like three hours, baby. And we're not revealing the winner until two and a half hours in. And I was like, oh my God, we're going to be up till midnight. I'm going to be, I'm going to be, I'm just going to be such a grumpus the next, yeah. the next day. Grumpus um, skin. Honestly, so I was like a bit like zoning out during the, the Q&A, during the after show. But also it just wasn't interesting. You know, whoever wrote in was right. Like 
Lexi the people who we wanted to hear from were tired, were confused, were emotionally exhausted. I mean, even I bet the people who were in the jury were emotionally exhausted. Like, the it only... just wasn't the right scenario. Everyone was just like surprised. The look on people's yeah. faces, like when the crew comes out and they're like, we're going. We're like, there's another show we're taping. Yeah. I just, it didn't work. I also understand why they, why they did it, right? Like, you know, they didn't know that Omicron was going to be going around in December 2021, it was probably a good call in May to be like, do we really want to have an in-person after show in Los Angeles on December 15th? Right. In retrospect, it was a good idea to not do that. So no, 100%. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, you, you know, the one person in this whole cast and crew who was in a great mood, great spirits, didn't even need that pizza. Nasir. My man, Nasir. <laughs> he was happy as a clam. He got a special question devoted just to him. And where and he had the great attitude. He was like, I don't care that I didn't win. Uh, just being here as being a winner. And he was like proud of himself. It was beautiful to see. Yeah, no, Ricard was great. So how do, how do we feel about uh, seven to one final vote? Seven to one? Were you surprised? Is that what it was? That is what it was. It was seven to one. Everyone voted for Erica except for Danny. Who voted for Deshaun? Um, I am really surprised that Xander didn't get any votes. I was surprised as I was, I mean, like if this was going to be like three, three, two, I wouldn't have, have been surprised. Like I, I really thought that Deshaun was going to get a few more votes. I, I, you know, him winning the, the Monty Hall challenge Here's him making this fire when he's been talking so much about like i can't make a fire i can't make a fire and just the drama of that fire building competition he gets out he builds the fire first and then it just dies and then he builds it a second time and he wins and i think there's all you know in survivor it's a it's the best thing about one of the best things about survivor is like the winner is soul survivor and that that definition means a lot of things. It doesn't mean like champion who went through and like efficiently defeated everyone. It also means like the person who was like fucking scrappy. And yeah. granted, like we we got our scrappy lion to lamb or whatever sheep's <laughs> clothing winner or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I felt like Deshaun had that story. I felt like he had a lot of. I think I felt like he had alliance members in that jury who wanted to vote for him. One of them, one of whom actually did. But you had mentioned earlier that even Shan was like, you you felt that Shan was very skeptical of of Deshaun. The look and, she was giving him, I was like, this is not over. This this bitterness, you know, of like this they. They didn't have what the cookout had, unfortunately. No, so it's a much different game. Like it you, is. you have to be so much more. Even though both are individual games, it seems like uh, I, I just Survivor think, is so much more individual. Yeah, and I thought that I wasn't surprised that Erica won over Deshaun because, like, they were in the same first team, right? But Deshaun was always on top, always with the group, always, like, riding high. She started from the bottom because she pissed people off in that group wanting to get Sydney out. They sent her to exile, like... And then she climbed her way up. So it was more of a growth for her. It was more of a, um, she had more of a challenging time, I thought. So I could see why they would all see that and vote for that more so than Deshaun, who stabbed two of them in the back, you know? Yeah, for sure. But but stabbing people in the back is part of the game. I mean, I, I think sometimes that's like, 
that's looked on kindly in retrospect. Yeah. Um, it, it was it was weird. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, I think I think people were turned people were turned off by Xander. Or I mean, I think they respected him, but I think yeah, they, like they this didn't, punk kid. Yeah, <laughs> and also yeah, they just didn't quite understand his social game, which he he did have a great one. I just people I don't think people really totally saw it or they just saw him as like he won a bunch of comps and then he also had this immunity idol protecting him and and maybe just using that yeah. as a shield but i you know uh, honestly i wouldn't have been shocked and i wouldn't have been disappointed if any of those people any of the final three won i, I would have been shocked but i wouldn't have been disappointed if deshaun won but i would have been shocked i just could i like when Deshaun won fire. I was like, this is it, that man. Was he's amazing. going on a yeah, that he's was going really... on a sh- he's going on a streak here. Like that was really he survives good. the Ricard. Like, we haven't even talked about it. They wrote out Ricard four to one at the top of the episode. Um I was like, man, I felt that watching this, I was like, I think Ricard oh, yeah. or Deshaun is gonna win. And I think Erica and Heather and Xander are really in in between a rock and a hard place here with ricard and uh deshaun and they they can't win like they're they'll get out ricard but i think deshaun might win or they'll get out deshaun but ricard will win and and honestly it ended up being the right decision for for erica oh yeah to to say like we need to get rid of ricard is guaranteed to win um so that was smart and and i just completely misread that as a as someone watching it that there was actually a lot of of respect for erica I also, we haven't talked about Ricard at all, but like he We've talked about Ricard for months. A baby. <laughs> yeah. He, his, his, I believe surrogate was having a baby like any second while he was on the island. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> how are you not going insane? <laughs> like well, he, he was, was like, I, mean, I might was, be a dad right now. <laughs> that was so emotional. And then he yeah. even got this, like Xander started like breaking down and crying. I mean, everyone at that point, it's like, but in that moment, be you like, know what? oh, a butterfly. And everyone's Here, like, oh my Here's God. the thing. In that moment when he was telling Xander, that that's when I felt the the Robin Williams thing. Even though I, I'm not saying Xander's a fake or a phony, but I'm just like, I don't know. Do you really feel this? You're 20. <laughs> like, do you feel how Ricard feels being here, about to become a father for the first time, but not being next? I don't know. That was a part where I could see what um what maybe others feel about Xander's social game, where it's a little put on. Yeah. Can I talk about Xander? They did a little bit of like a Xander flashback. Well, oh, they yes. did everybody. Oh, yes, please do. They did everybody like <laughs> when they make it to final three, there's like yeah. this montage of like old picks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Xander kept saying, like, I was a chubby kid. I was a chubby right. kid. He was a normal looking child. Yeah. He's not he had super body skinny. Xander yeah. is super skinny now. Yeah. Because he's a cross country runner and then he starved himself for 25 days on an island. <laughs> Yeah, but all the pictures are like I was just a chubby, unpopular kid. It's like, yo, you were a normal looking. That's what a normal yeah. child looks like. I think it was the haircut. and then you went in this like ultra fitness direction. Yeah, let's just not let's like have respect. Let's have empathy for chubby kids chubby out kids. there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the real chubby kids of Survivor. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't think he. I, 
that was a really funny, <laughs> like, again, he's 20. What else is he going to talk about? What else happened in his life? You know, he was chubby. That was his, that was his raison d'etre. Good for yeah, him. Or, like, or he does the, he does the, the, the VO thing with them on the island. He's like, all right, tell us why. I like, tell us your story. And he's like, well, I was a chubby kid. And then afterwards they're like, the, the editing team follows up and they're like, can you send us the pictures of you being chubby? So for the montage. Right. And they're like. All right. Do you have any chubbier pictures? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they aren't quite chubby. It was all like face shot. It was like he had baby fat in his cheeks because he had like a less flattering haircut. That was all yeah, oh, yeah, that haircut. they could I do. Mean, yeah, he looked like a he looked like a 12 year old. Like 12 year old yeah. boys are not like they're not so creatures. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Anyways. Yeah, that was a very amusing that part. That bothered me. <laughs> <laughs> not that um, I, I wasn't even a chubby kid or anything, but I was like, that's you think you it's tell me you're a fat kid? That is not a fat kid. Stolen Valor from Chubby, real Chubby Kids. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's it for like the questions and comments. It was really just a lot about um, Xander's edit and Eric versus Erica's and the yeah. weird finale um, rushed vibes of it all taking place at the same time. But overall, I thought this was a very fun season, I must say. I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. I am very happy with the final result. Yeah. I like the characters. I like some of the characters who might come back. Yes. I have a question for you, Danielle. Please. Survivor 42. Mm-hmm. A firefighter. A businessman. A world record holder in pull-ups. <laughs> who you got? Oh, my gosh. I was so, I'm so excited. It looked like it looks so good. Um, I don't know. I want to meet all the cast mates first before I make my choices. But like, I did like the world record in pull-ups guy who was like, (laughs) there are a million world records. (laughs) Like, actually, this is not that impressive. Um, So I liked that he said that. We'll see. We got to wait and see. Who knows? Who's going to be my Nasir or my Tiffany next season? Every time I see a new cast, I'm like, who are these people? Yeah. They're not my friends. They're yeah. not my family. And it was the same way I felt at the beginning of this season. All mm-hmm. these people on a boat. I'm like, who are these dummies? They'll never take my heart. Uh-huh. I love my Survivor, you know, Gen X versus Millennials yeah, cast. Yeah. I love my Survivor 40 cast. These people will never win me over. And then I'm like, I love these people. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Like, I, we obviously shot it. Someone knows who the winner is. It's edited. Um, oh, yeah. Oh uh, yeah, so but it's probably not it's probably not gonna come out until after BB Celeb is over. But that's not that long away because BB Celeb's only gonna be like three weeks, three weeks. Yeah, long. no, it starts in a month. And <laughs> yeah. I said spring. I don't know. That's like March. Yeah. It's it'll be here before we know it. Yeah. Very exciting um, stuff. I mean, I'm sure we missed out on a bunch of things. I'm sure there's a lot of funny, um, stupid stuff that we won't talk about. But um you But know. we got to the important part, which was Jeff eating pizza. So that's and really stew. and stew and Shout stew, out to stew making the pizza. So should we talk about succession? Yeah, we're talking. We are talking about things that ended a week ago here yes. on today's <laughs> Hey Jeffrey. Uh, Danielle, thoughts? Succession finale. So I enjoyed it. I the season as a whole, I will say, great for character development. Not great for plot development. We really. Nothing actually happened. <laughs> um, that's fine. It's fine. Or mm-hmm. did 
the most momentous thing to happen in the actual structure of the show happen. Which is? Nobody, they don't own the company anymore. <laughs> well, not for sure. What do you mean not for sure? We thought that- They sold the company. They sold it, it like- It's not I sold. Mean, th- we could open <laughs> next season. They're still in that room. No, I think, I mean- I think it's a smart thing that they painted themselves into a corner here with like, like what is succession? There's If there's nothing to succeed. No, that is not That's the worst idea. (laughs) No, but we talked about who cares who becomes the CEO of the next company. Do you know who the CEO of the company is? Alexander Skarsgård. (laughs) None of these stupid Roy kids. These fucking pedestrians. Yeah, I know. These morons. It was great. It was great acting. Great script. It was really tense and beautiful. I loved. I did not see the mom being the final like knife stab or not. I guess not final. Tom was the final knife stab. But I did not see the mom being that important and uh, she really screwed them over like one last time it was great great performances he's so uh, logan brian cox is the man oh yeah he is the man in real life and on the show he's just so good he he's hasn't scary. seen a johnny depp movie since edward scissorhands and i love he that saw that him. and was like that's enough of this character's <laughs> acting yeah i love that about <laughs> him he was wonderful shiv was great we knew Tom was going to do something bad. I thought he was going to go to the FBI, but it turns out he just flipped over to Logan's side. Yeah, I um, I love Tom a lot. And like now Tom and Greg are, you know, they're running the remnants of the, I mean, of the, of the company. Like, it's so interesting that all year, like, they're having all these meetings and stuff of various things that are happening. And Tom is always in the room. Yeah. And I'm always like, why is Tom here? Tom just runs the cable channel. Like, right. Like, you don't have the head of the fucking parks department here. You don't have the head of like the cruises thing. You're like, there are a bunch of probably executives who are at Tom's level here. And why is Tom only in this room? Because he's like married to Shiv. Yes. Um, and I, th- and I think, you know, one or two episodes ago, there was a little call out to that where like, they asked everyone's opinion and and Tom kind of said his and I, I think it might have been Rowan was just like what shut up like shut up we're not even listening mm-hmm. to you um and but now it's like all right he's kind of he's in the pole position for to to succeed Logan in some sort of way because he he Logan only respects sharks and and respects killers yeah but I also don't think it's actually going to end up up well for him. Um, oh no at all because it's not going to end up well for any of these people no no of course not and something i also appreciate about the season was i think throughout most of it and maybe it was just because of how the season played out and also maybe people had waited two years for this season and it had become so much more popular um people i think had a lot of high expectations and were, were watching the season and being like where are we going with this? Yeah, like, that was me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I liked about it. You. I where are we going with this? Yeah. But I feel like, you know what? Having watched the final episode, the final scene, actually it was building to this all along. They weren't like faffing around 
doing nothing. Like they were building to this. Tom talking about divorcing his wife and marrying his eunuch slave boy. <laughs> like that is the ending of the show. Right. Like, or of this season, you know, the callbacks to, you know, the waiter drowning. And then you have Kendall like drowning. Like all this was conceived as one whole, um, you know, as one whole piece. And I think there was some frustrations among my co-hosts of like, where is this going? It's like, no, this was all, this was all planned. This was all mapped. And there are, there's a literature here. Things are referencing each other. Things are paying off. Have faith. Yeah. It just felt it's, it's because the end of the second season felt like such a monumental, like huge thing that was going to be what they were dealing with all season. And it didn't end up being that big a deal at all, which is why the season I thought it was really good. Honestly, when the finale ended, I was like, I want to go back and rewatch the whole thing. Yeah. I, I want to rewatch from season one, episode one, and see how it all builds now, knowing what I know. It just was like a little underwhelming plot wise from the way season two ended. That's all sure, I'm saying. Yeah, but like, I'm, but isn't that the show though? Like, it's about the characters and it's not really about the plot. Like we said earlier, well, we don't really care who becomes the CEO of the company. Right. And it's like, okay. So last at the end of last season, Kendall's like, I've got the knife that's going to kill my father. I'm going to make the press conference. That's going to end his career. And then it turns into nothing yeah. because that's not what the show is about. I mean, the show is about like, no, yeah, it is. It is the end of the end of <laughs> Logan's, Rain. professional Who's career. Who's going to kill Logan? That's the question. Whether it's take over the company and that's killing him in a way or killing him in another way. That's Iverson. what we need to know. Hmm? Iverson. Iverson? Who's, who's that's that? That's Kendall's son. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a great name. Great name. Perfect um, name. I don't know. Like, would I be surprised if by the end of season four, Gojo owning the company is like kind of just like uh, a small point in the larger plot of what's going on and is is as equally unimportant as the cruise ships thing is right right now. Possibly. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. They're going to find something else to do. I don't know. Is season four, are they going to be just like on the campaign trail with Justin Kirk well, the entire saying, time because they have fighting, nothing else to do? If they're not fighting for the top, what are they fighting for? What are they fighting? What's the point of this family being together in this show for us to watch? That's a fucking question for Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. We did get a we got a um a call out, a comment on Twitter about succession, and it was um from Magnificent. This is a wild succession theory. What do you think? Also, oh, we didn't touch on this a little bit, but the way the pre-merge players were forgotten on the Survivor finale. Yes, I agree. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but so the, the theory about succession is that Shiv might be pregnant. She had water in her glass at the toast and touched her belly immediately when she figured out it was Tom. Um, yeah, I think, of course, she's pregnant. I think that's a very good theory because. But is she pregnant by Tom? Hmm. Hmm? We didn't see her. We didn't see her doing her usual dalliances with. No, that's true. But just because you didn't see it, I love. I love how everyone's psycho. Right away, though, 
I love how everyone's a psycho yeah. online and like they're screen capping stupid things and being like, shit, pregnant, confirmed. <laughs> Thank I mean, you, Kent. They had scams sex for sending like 24 hours before these screen, like in the show, before these screen. How would you be? Pre- I, I mean, I guess that is how it happens. But like she wouldn't know that she's pregnant I would, already. I wouldn't know. You don't know for a bit. You, I'm not going to get into it, but there's like a whole fucking couple of weeks <laughs> that where stuff has cycles. There's cycles of the moon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I love the theory. I hope it's right. Yeah. I mean, that would. I mean, the the last three years have been, especially this year, have been about like the emasculation of Tom in, mm. especially in the relationship with his wife. Right. I mean, the first step, the first like lines that he and Shiv have in the in the season premiere, Shiv's like, I love you. And Tom's like, Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's like, all right, we're doing this all season. And that's where it ends. But there's also this like, we're gonna have a baby, we're not gonna have a baby, we're freezing. Yeah. And uh, all right. Tom for the first time takes the upper hand in a relationship works with her father and mother to like ice her out of like power, ice her out of her inheritance. And then, but having the, you know, having the drama of like, oh, but we're also expecting a child together is the only way to like, oh, we love it. Turn up the heat. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Turn it up. Um, I, and I will say, let me just say this, because I know I talk a lot of shit on Shiv about how she's an evil girl boss, like Shivanka, but I also am not, I'm not team Tom. Let me tell you that. When he, the way he, you know what? I don't care that she doesn't love him. He doesn't love her. He just loves the power too. She loves that she has someone who she can treat like shit. He loves some being involved in this family and being close to Logan Roy. Like they're actually a perfect pair. So I'm not like crying any tears for Tom when she was when she's mean to him. Just so everyone knows. Oh yeah, of course. Okay, of course. Cool. Just just so that everyone knows. All right. Are we are we done with succession? I think so. Do we have anything else? Uh, no. I liked it. I liked her dress too. <laughs> <laughs> we'll save that for another episode. The yeah. Shiv. Uh, I have to accumulate all of the research. The Shiv, the Shiv hot Shiv. or not. Yeah. She ended on a hot. There was a lot of I give everyone this season. A hot. Yeah. <laughs> I give everyone a hot this season. Okay, that's good. All right. Um we have some movies to talk about. Yeah. Today, and then we'll close out the episode. I saw I saw Spider-Man, and I'm not going to talk about Spider-Man at all. I'm going to talk about the experience of seeing Spider-Man because I have something very important to get off my chest. Oh my. My one word review. One sentence review of Spider-Man. It was really good. If you like those kind of movies, go see him. I had a great time. Yeah. Thumbs up. Check it out. I'm not going to spoil Spider-Man. I did go see Spider-Man at a movie theater. Saw it on the silver screen. Mm -hmm. I saw it with my fellow man. I saw it. I had to pay money and I had to sit in an auditorium and watch trailers. And my friends, my fellow Americans, my fellow Canadians, (laughs) we have an epidemic in this country. (laughs) Oh, we do not have a pandemic. We do have a pandemic. <laughs> right. We have a pandemic, but we also have an epidemic in this country. And that epidemic is cheeky, tongue-in-cheek covers of songs uh, in trailers yes. yeah, that yeah, are yeah. referencing the plot of the movie. There were three trailers. <laughs> 
<laughs> that had a like, oh, isn't it ironic that we're using this song? Oh, no. Yeah. What were they? Okay. One was a Michael Bay f- film because mm-hmm. he only makes films. I actually kind of want to see it called Ambulance, but the LA oh and my Lance. God. I is, saw the trailer for this too. Okay. Yes. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. And some other people. Uh, he's a bank robber. And I think it's Yahya Abdul Mahin is the uh is the other actor in it. They're bank robbers. Gyllenhaal's a freak. He's a freak. He doesn't care about life. He just cares about money. Right. Yahya. He's got he's got a wife and kids. He's mm-hmm. just stealing money for his kids, man. Sure. He just wants his kids back. And they rob a bank and to get and the ensuing getaway, they need to hijack. They oh, they shoot a cop in the Bank robbery. There's so much going on. It was just clear, like in the first ten minutes of the movie. Right. In the getaway, they need to hijack a ambulance to get away. The ambulance has the cop that they shot in it, and yes. and un, and and uh, an innocent EMT, and they're driving through L.A. An ambulance, but L.A. is in red. Ambulance is in white, but just L.A. <laughs> and they're like halfway through the trailer, and it's like. All the leaves are brown, <laughs> and the sky is gray. So there, that's one. Yes, that's one. Do you have any thoughts on that? Can I just say I, I thought this movie when I when I saw the trailer, I thought this movie was going to be called Cop Ambulance <laughs> because that was what they really were making it all about. It's like it's an ambulance, but it's got a cop in it. <laughs> but but um, no, I it have looks no good. I mean, I like Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal's this movie actually looks kind of good, other than the fact that it's coming out in February and it has a, sh- a shitty. Um, yeah, you know, no, it's not going like, to be good. Tongue in cheek trailer in it. There's Two. no way. Okay, yes. Moonfall. The moon? <laughs> Have you heard of it? Yeah. It's fallen. It's fallen. We There's aliens that. inside the moon. It's a Roland Emmerich. Like, <laughs> yes. Roland Emmerich has entered his Sharknado phase. Yes, yes, yes. It is, this movie is explicitly trying to be Sharknado or Snakes on a Plane. Like, everything about it is like, oh, it's another apocalypse movie. Yeah. But like, hey, how, how silly is this? But, Halfway through the trailer, remix of Bad Mood Rising by CCR. Sure, There's sure, a sure. bad moon on the rise. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> Shut up. Stop it. They're all made by the same trailer company for sure. Three. Uh-huh. Jared Leto, he's a freak. Big freak. And he gets bit by a bat and isn't Batman. He's a vampire man. He's Morbius. He's like a some sort of uh, evil guy. Is that the name of the movie? Oh yeah, Morbius. Morbius. Don't I won't get into it. It's in the Spider-Man universe, like through a technicality. Okay. <sighs> wow, I have not heard anything about Jared Morbius. Leto. He's a strange guy. He gets bitten. He turns into a strange bat-like creature. Wow. Mm. Wouldn't you know that our friends in the doors have something to say about it? Our friend Jimmy Mo. Yeah. When you're a stranger, Things people are strange. Are sh- yeah. Shut up! Stop <laughs> it with these stupid fucking covers and trailers. This is disgusting. I know. It's not funny. It's annoying. I hate all these movies now. Someone needs to warm up John Williams. Someone needs to get Danny Elfman <laughs> on the horn. Why do we need lyrics in these in these movie trailers? Why don't we get a beautiful score to punctuate the trailers? I We've think people are just mass. people. I think right now, marketing people 
are so desperate for attention. Yes. Right? Because like people, everyone's just like on their phone the entire time. Remember when movie com- commercials on move for movies on television, they would just show the commercial. Yeah. And at the end, it'd be like, see Men in Black 2. It's coming out mm-hmm. later. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, they have the title and the release date of the movie like just on the screen the entire time. That's yes. now just standard. The trailer begins with the money shot from the trailer. And then it says, it's like Spider-Man jumping off a thing. And he's almost saving Mary Jane. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, oh, does he do it? Okay, the trailer's starting now. Yeah, exactly. That was the preview for the trailer. Now yeah. the trailer's starting. We have your attention. We're going to go do... People... Our brains are fucking fried. People not paying attention. The marketing people need to do something so stupid. (laughs) And now we have an epidemic in our nation, inside of our walls. The call was coming from inside the house. This is disgusting. It's offensive. I hate it. I'm done. I have nothing else to say. I know. I know what you're saying. I've, I've noticed this too. Or like, yeah taking pop songs and making them really sad for a version. Down tempo. Yeah, yeah. down tempo child children's choir, creepy children's choir. Yeah, that's like I guess this is the next generation of that. Um, but I, yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. I'm so unbelievably upset. Well, I'm sorry, but it sounds like it didn't ruin the total Spider-Man experience. It was great. Yeah, um, it was great, and we'll transition out of Spider-Man with a comment from at RB Clips. Did Bronco Henry appear in Spider Man? I mean, and at first I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Is he like a? Is he like Morbius? Mm-hmm. Is he like a tertiary Spider Man villain? Yeah. Apparently not, because later that day I was like, "Man, I'm here about this movie, Power of the Dog. On I got my Cumberbatch on in the morning when I saw when I saw Spider Man. I'm gonna get my Cumberbatch on at night. I'm gonna watch this Power of the Dog film on Netflix." And that's what RB uh, is referring to. There is a character kind of in the movie, (laughs) Power of the Dog, named Bronco Henry. Yeah, I Um, kept calling him Buck Henry. I kept forgetting his name. (laughs) Anyways, Power of the Dog, you and I both watched it. Yeah. We're not going to spoil it, I guess, if people don't, if people want to watch it. We have to spoil it. Okay. We're going to spoil it. This is it. This is the end of the, we have no more questions. We're going to spoil Power of the Dog. I didn't spoil Spider-Man for y'all. You're welcome. In order to say anything about Power of the Dog, we have to spoil it, in my opinion. Okay. So, spoilers ahead. Okay. So, this movie (laughs) is, like, I don't know how anyone could see this movie and not immediately be like, wait, what happened? And look up explainers online. Because I was, like, I was very confused um, as to how... Who killed, like, how did Benedict, Cum- Benedict Cumberbatch plays a mean rancher. He's mean to Kristen Dunst and Kristen Dunst's son. Kristen Dunst gets he married. He's everybody. He yeah, calls his brother Fatso the entire yeah, time. Yeah, he's a mean, mean boy. Jesse Plemons. Now that is a chubby kid, Xander. Yes. Oh, yes. And he, what a great, he's great. He's like not as big a role in this. Neither is Kirsten Dunst. I thought Kirsten Dunst was, would be in this movie much more. It's really about... Benedict Cumberbatch and Kirsten Dunst's son. Um, so Kirsten Dunst's son is like seen as very effeminate and like a kook and he's going to school to be a and surgeon. And perhaps like neurodivergent. And yeah. Like, yeah. 
So they so on this ranch in Montana in 1925, they're all like making fun of him. And uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is the meanest of all. He's the one getting everyone to like talk shit about him. And that's Kirsten Dunn's son. And it's very rude. Her, her husband died. You know, why do we have to make fun of her and her son? But so she marries Jesse Plemons, who is Benedict Cumberbatch's brother. And Benedict is pissed about this. He's like, she just wants you for your money. You could have someone younger and hotter if you want someone for your money. Like, he's just rude. He's got a rude too the whole time. Yeah, he's just a, he's just a fucking prick the entire movie. Yeah, but so then so, so then Kristen Dunst's son comes home from university for the summer, and at first Benedict Cumberbatch is just mean to him, but suddenly Benedict Cumberbatch is like, actually, I'm gonna hang out with this kid, <laughs> like let's forge a friendship. <laughs> so they do, um, they forge a little friendship, and we see that. Benedict Cumberbatch likes to like take nude baths with the scarf of Bronco Henry, his old like buddy. So yeah, he talks the entire movie. He's like, oh, Bronco wouldn't have done this or Bronco would have loved this. Yeah. Who was like Benedict's buddy who died like 10 years ago. Exactly. So and, we infer that Benedict Cumberbatch was in love with Bronco Henry. And then we find Bron uh, Bronco Henry, like Benedict has been keeping Bronco's shoebox of his unmentionables mm -hmm. in the woods somewhere. Our guy Bronco had some like early 1900s like Playgirl magazines, essentially. Yeah. Some pictures of the male, a lot some of nudies. magazines with pictures of the male nude form. Yeah, some nudies. So, so yeah. we infer that, that that Benedict and Bronco were, you know, they were More they were on Brokeback Mountain. Yeah, they were exactly. on Brokeback Mountain together. It was a, it was a you know unspeakable romance. Very and, you know, very repressed because remember yeah. this is Montana in 1925 or whatever. So the Kirsten's son sees him bathing nude with one of the scarves, and at first Benedict is really mad, but then he's like. Actually, I like this kid, <laughs> so I'm going to teach him how to ride a horse. <laughs> and I thought, it's like, oh, is he, like, grooming him to, like, be his, like, in the right. same way that Bronco was, like, this older man? Was was Bronco grooming him to be, like, his younger male lover? And is, like, Benedict going to start grooming him to, like... Because right. then Benedict is like, you meet, we should go camping, just the two of us. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, is he going to, like, take him out and, like, do things well, to him? Well, that's the thing, know. is there's such a foreboding feeling in the movie that, like... It drives Kirsten Dunst's character to become a drunk because she's like, why is he getting so close to my son? He's going to hurt. Like, this is all inferred. Like, I figured she was just so worried that he's going to do something to my son. He's going to hurt him. So she just starts drinking to deal with it. And she hates living on a ranch with fucking Benedict Cumberbatch. who's yeah. like going around and like humiliating her all the time. All he does is just walk around and humiliate this and woman And there's nothing she can no do reason. because they're brothers. So it's like... He lives here. Sorry. Well, Plemons doesn't do anything about it. No, he doesn't do it. But he he did seem like otherwise like a pretty nice husband. Yeah. He's, he's fine. <laughs> but so finally, he's Benedict Cumberbatch has been working on this like noose. I don't know. What is it? It's a cowhide. It's like a rope. It's, it's a, like a rope. A he's like making a rope out of yeah. cowhide. Yeah. And he's been working on it for a long time. And it's like dedicated to Bronco Henry. And he had all these cow hides that he was going to use to make them. And Kirsten Dunst sells them to um, some traveling Indians. like Some people. They were like looking to trade or barter. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Then that's what they're called in the movie. But um, but so 
She sells them to him. She gets beautiful gloves in return. And then Benedict gets really mad. He gets so mad and so pissed at Kirsten Dunst because she sold his precious cowhides. And Kirsten's son is like, well, here's some cowhide I found. Why don't you use this? He's also studying to become a doctor. And he's a bit... He's a bit off. We see him catch a rabbit and you're like, oh, he loves animals. And then the next scene, he's like vivisecting the rabbit. And you're like, oh, maybe he's a little murderer. This girl comes to pet the rabbit and he's like, you can't pet it. And she's like, why not? And you see that he's taking it apart. Uh, It's gross. Uh, So, yeah. He, at one point, he comes across this dead cow, and we don't really see much of it, but then he gives, somehow he has cowhide to give to Benedict Cumberbatch, so Benedict Cumberbatch can keep making his little rope. But it's rope. a diseased dead cow. It's not yes. like a... Yeah. Yeah, it's not just like a normal dead cow. It's like this cow like died from disease in the middle of the trail. Right. So Benedict gets to finish his little rope, and that's great. But unfortunately, in the process of making it, his hands get so diseased and the disease spreads to, I guess, the rest of his body and he dies. And everyone's like, how the hell did this happen? And everyone's like, we don't know. But he's dead now. So the villain of the movie is gone. Yay. And it, and then it ends with. And so Kirsten gets sober because she's like, well, my problems are over and everyone's happy. And then we see Kirsten's son reading the Bible. And the, oh, yeah. the final line is like, release my sweet angel from the power of the dog. And he's I'm smiles. not a big Bible guy. So I, yeah. I literally, like, I know it's written in English, yeah. but like, I don't understand what any, I don't understand what any of the verses mean. I just don't understand. Like when someone reads like scripture from the Bible, I'm like, this is just like gibberish sentence structure. I don't understand. Unless you're like, Jesus went to work today. Yeah. I don't understand. Like any of the fucking allegory or meaning or anything. So like, yeah, the kid remembered that Benedict Cumberbatch was, was a, Benedict was a fucking asshole to him. So he found this like diseased cow Basically, yeah. and like poisoned him essentially. The kid played him. The play play the kid played a long con where he was like, Yeah, I'll pretend to like really be into you and um want to learn how to ride a horse and be your friend. But all the while he was plotting to get his revenge because he was like, Don't fuck with my mom, don't fuck with me. And so like, and I only know this, I would never have known this from just watching the movie. I had to go read and be like, what the hell happened? Well, I I so I didn't. I understood all that. I I probably should. I I don't really want to look up like what the hell the quote the Bible quote means at the end, all which is like the title of the movie. His mom is the angel, and the dog is Benedict Cumberbatch. So he oh, kills okay. Benedict Cumberbatch to release his sweet angel, his mom. Oh, okay. That's. I mean, that's. Let's just like the movie's like two hours, 10, 15 minutes long. Yeah, and all this shit happens. In the final 15 minutes, <laughs> yeah. the first two, the kid is barely in the movie in the first hour. And it like the kid is like in one of the first scenes, Benedict is really rude to him at this restaurant. Yeah. And then oh, the kid so goes me. off to college for like 45 minutes, an hour of the movie. And you're like, okay, I saw the trailer. I thought it was about this guy's relationship with this kid, but I guess not. The kid's just like not in the movie now at all. You asked a question at the top of this. I don't know how anyone could understand what's going on in this movie without <laughs> looking it up. Yeah. My question is, I don't understand how anyone could like this movie. This movie is like a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's going to get nominated for Best Picture. Oh, yeah. Benny's going to get nominated for Best Actor. Maybe yeah. this kid gets a Best Supporting or some shit. 
I think the movie is unwatchable. The movie is so slow and boring. And then (laughs) in the end, like, and then in the end, it's like, oh, the kid was trying to kill him the entire time and was like secretly going about it. I love that. What the hell was I watching? I think it was great. (laughs) I think it was great. You're never going to, are you ever going to rewatch this movie? No, I'm gonna rewatch. No, it's so succession. fucking slow and boring, and nothing <laughs> happens. And the kids aren't even in the movie that much. Well, I also don't like seeing people be mean to Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. And then oh, Kiki is just like we love Kiki on this podcast. We love Kiki, but like watching her was just rough too. You don't know why she sells these hides. You don't know why he's so upset about these hides being sold because in the scene before, they're like, "What are you doing with those hides? Like, oh, we're, we're gonna burn them. Burn I'm not, yeah. We're not gonna use them." They're like, why are you and, so mad? Yeah, but then why are you so mad? And then why this next scene are you like, I was gonna use them? <laughs> yeah, because it's a lot of it's a lot of very deep, like you know, they're not telling, but they're also not showing. <laughs> it's just like nothing's happening. No, it's not a good it. movie. <laughs> no, it's only good if just because it's like slow and takes place on a fucking ranch doesn't mean like this how is like high ar- how beautiful was that? Great, ranch? Yeah. fantastic, beautiful, and those mountains, majestic. Beautiful. Have you been to Montana or just Utah? I've been to Utah. I haven't been to Montana. It seems nice. It looks beautiful based on this movie. Um, Yeah, I think you have to appreciate. I just liked that he was such a sneaky little kid. I liked the lesson of the movie, which was like, if you're going to make fun of some quiet little kid, you better realize he's got a long con plan to get back at you. (laughs) And it involves a rotting cow (laughs) and making you think that he could be in love with you. And then you better not mess with his mom either. I like that. I don't know. I, I'm glad that eventually the movie had a fucking point and something <laughs> happened in it. But it was like nothing happened for the first two hours of the movie. Yeah. And then at the end, they're like, oh, yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he secretly poisoned him or whatever. Yeah, I, uh, I, and that I was it. that. I, I respected it. I'm glad that it had some sort of it. I'm glad that it had an ending. But yeah. I found this movie to be utterly unwatchable the entire time. <laughs> and I like slow, sad movies. Right. But this was just like, this what is are not, we doing here? Not your tempo. Pick up the pace. <laughs> yeah, not your tempo. <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> flop, flop. Get me pictures of Spider-Man. Octoman. Um, <laughs> I'm Dr. Octoman. <laughs> well, listen, I know everyone's just dying to hear about my thoughts on Stillwater, but we're going to have to Next save week. it. <laughs> Next week. So water is going to be like, isn't that some, it's like a talk show where they're like, we're going to bring out this guest and every week they don't. Um, that's what we're doing here. Someday I will give my Stillwater review Next you'll week. you'll love it. Next week. We have nothing to talk about next we week. We did get a comment about Stillwater. Can I just read what the comment said? Yeah. Someone, Liam, Pento Liam said, Stillwater is masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Exactly, Liam. So thank you all so much for listening. That's the end of Survivor. I think we're going to have to do like year end best ofs coming up. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll do some stuff. I got to watch some more movies. I'm not watching Stillwater. That's for sure. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, there's lots of stuff coming out on TV. There's lots to discuss. So we will be back next week with more fun pop culture takes just not survivor (laughs) succession. Unfortunately they're over. Um, So thanks for listening. Send your questions and comments to at Hey Julie BB on Twitter or Hey Julie Big Brother at gmail.com. That's right. Thank you for sticking through us for a, a, a fabulous season of Survivor. 
Um, you know, if you're a trailer producer or editor, please just cut it. <laughs> cut it out. Cool it with the covers please and the remixes. <laughs> uh, that's it. We'll talk to you later in the week. Uh, Merry Christmas, y'all, I guess. I don't know when we're potting again, but... Yeah. Bye, Enjoy, Bye, Jeff. enjoy that. Bye, Jeff. <laughs>